0: Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the power? My goodness, I am. Can we give the Lord a hand clap and a praise again this morning? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can be seated for just a moment. I'm going to rearrange some of these papers up here. I want to tell you that if I happen to make a lap around the church this morning, it is not my fault. Somebody on the front row over there is laughing because they gave me a Red Bull And I needed it. I needed it this morning. But I usually don't drink the sugar ones. And that bad boy's got a lot of sugar in it. So I only only took a couple sips. If I could have a couple ushers come up, we're going to take up our class offering. Aren't you thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? I'm thankful every day. When I think about it. When I sit and think about it for a little bit and and just remember where I was and everything that God's brought me through, I'm thankful that I can be here. I'm thankful that I have a relationship with God. Amen. Let's pray over our offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we praise you. God, we thank you. God, we're truly grateful to be in your presence today with like-minded people. God, I ask that you would touch this service. God, I pray that you'd bless this offering. Multiply it and use it for your glory. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You guys will go ahead and run out. I'm still thinking about Wednesday. I don't know about y'all. It's been on my mind. It's been on my mind. We are going to go to the book of Psalms this morning we're going to go to psalms 51 and we're going to read a few verses here you're welcome to stand for the reading of the word we are going to read about 12 verses but you all know me i read pretty fast so so it's psalms 51 verses 1 through 12 it says to the chief musician a psalm of david when nathan the prophet called unto him after he had gone into bathsheba have mercy upon me o god according to thy loving kindness According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. And blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit. You can be seated this morning. This thing has went through umpteen different titles, but I'm going to call it the joy of my salvation, I think. Amen. I told Pastor West before, uh, before service today that I struggled this week, and I know if I struggle with something, that means that I'm fully removed from it, which is a good thing. Anytime I can be fully removed from what, what needs to be said, that's, that's good. So I, I want you to hear that from me before you hear this. This is not me. It's not my thoughts. It's not my feels. But I truly feel that it has a place today. And as I, uh, as I was thinking about Wednesday for the kind of the remainder of this week that we just, we just finished out, this is almost the opposite side of what, what was ministered on Wednesday. But you know what? Our church has a lot of different people. It has a lot of different backgrounds. And those people in those backgrounds are going through different things at different times. So while I may be up on the top of a mountain looking down and thanking God for everything that he just did for me, somebody else is sitting in a valley that I'm looking down in. And I've heard it many times. If you look at mountains and valleys, valleys are often lush. They have things growing down in them. But on the mountaintops, if you get up to a high mountaintop, there's not a whole lot up there sometimes. So it all depends on your perspective and where you're looking from and where you're looking to, right? Salvation, what is salvation? Man, if you look at the definition of it, salvation is safety, prosperity, or victory. The prayer that David penned here in Psalms was at the height of his reign as the king of Israel. This very prayer is regarded as a model for repentance by many. We've all heard it. We've all read it, I'm sure. The words, restore the joy of your salvation, seems to jump off the page when reading this passionate plea to God's forgiveness. At least it did to me. In this short sentence, we can ascertain a lot of different things that David was feeling at this time. Something that once was experienced and cherished was lost. Restore God. Restore that thing that I had. The realization that this man's salvation wasn't earned or deserved, but that it was given to him freely. And finally, the realization that he didn't have a leg to stand on by himself. Uphold me, God, because I can't uphold myself. Have you ever been there before? This prayer was penned by David because of the sin we all know him for. It's the big one he did. It's that big sin that everybody knows about. And the details of it are in 2 Samuel 11 and 12. We've all heard that story before, haven't we? If you haven't, read it. In some ways, it gives, it gives me hope. Because you see somebody that God says, that's a man after my own heart. And he could still mess up that bad and come back. That should give anyone in this world hope. Amen? We've heard the story. How oh, David turned to fornication, then when he, he tried to cover it up, he ultimately murdered someone. That was on him. He took it to the full extent that he could take it to, didn't he? He let the one small thing in his life start and build, and he created more and more and more. We've heard the story preached time and time again of how David would have been, if he would have been out to battle as the king, that it would have never happened, if he would have been in his place, if he would have been doing the thing that he should be doing. Are you all with me this morning? If he would have been doing the duties that he was called to do in the position that he was placed in, he would have never been given the opportunity to fall into this sin. Right? Y'all going to wake up with me this morning. And it's true that if we're not upholding our responsibilities in the kingdom, it's, the same goes for us, doesn't it? We regain some time, don't we? But what do we do with that time? There's sometimes, oh Lord, help me. There's, there's some times where you can get mad because you're spending so much time doing stuff for church or doing stuff out in the community or doing this and that. And you feel like, God, this is all my time. This is all my excess. I got nothing. But what would you do with that reclaimed time? what would you do with it? Would you watch some football? Some TV? Could you get into trouble? Maybe? There's a lot of good things that we can do with our time. But are they as good as doing something for God? You have to... If we try to balance those things and say... Well, this is good because it's, it's helping me. It's making me smarter. It's making me stronger. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise. You shouldn't read. You shouldn't whatever. But is it as good as something that you're doing for God? And again, I'm not saying that those things are bad. But it has to be balanced in our lives. Amen? Because we can get so enamored with exercising. I'm trying. I'm trying. But you can get that, and that's all you do so much that you become Hulk Hogan, but you lose God. And what good is that for you? Some things are eternal, and some things are temporal. Me being buff is great. It's not going to happen, but if it was, that would be great. But what is that going to do for me in eternity? Nothing. This is going to pass away. This will. For sure, every man is appointed. Every person, every woman, every child. If you get there, we're all appointed. But at some point, we start have to start weighing the outcomes of things. And can I tell you that it's good to be busy for God? It is. And you can see it this morning. I told you everybody's in a different place. And there have been times where I've been upset being busy for God. God, if I could just have I just need a night. I just need a couple hours. I just need this or I need that. It's good to be busy for God. All of that was standing today. That's not why we're reading this passage. You see, David made a choice, and he made a poor choice. And it caused him to need to say this prayer. David had known the power and the blessings of God throughout his life,
1: and he messed up.
0: This is the same David that spoke the words, is there not a cause in the face of a Philistine? Giant. Same dude. I'm bold. I'm strong. I know God's back behind me. And in this, in this scripture, he's saying, oh, God, restore your salvation to me. Who am I? What am I? Oh, God, get it this morning. The same David that wouldn't touch Saul because he was God's anointed. The same man that had that respect for somebody that was anointed by God, although his actions were not godly. He relied on God to do what needed to be done. Same guy. The same David that was anointed by Samuel in his youth. You all know the stories. When he was described as a ruddy boy, his appearance was enough to make Samuel question if he was truly the chosen king. But God said that the appearance didn't matter but that it was a condition of his heart. This was a man that knew the favor and the blessing of God, and he had made a mistake.
1: I I can't determine if I'm happy
0: or sad that y'all are quiet this morning. We know David. We've heard this story so many thousands of times, haven't we? We've heard every aspect of this man's life. You probably heard this before. You may not have read through all the Psalms because there's a bajillion of them right? And it's very poetic. I stay away. I'm a Proverbs guy. I I like going in and seeing the wisdom and the understanding. And I like trying to tick off the boxes that, oh yeah, Ty's got that one. Yeah, Ty wouldn't do that. That's stupid. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Ty's got that. Psalms. Psalms isn't usually my, isn't where I stand. It's a little too
1: But as God pulled this
0: out to me, he showed me that no matter how great you are, that you can fall. Can I say it again to you this morning? No matter how great you are, you can fall. And you can forget very easily what God has done for you. It's so easy to forget, especially if there's fear or anger or hurt that's there. You can push God away in those times, no matter what He's done for you in the past. Can you think of something something great God's done for you in the past? But then when something else comes up and you're mad about a situation, you forget all about that. Because your emotions take over. Sister Chandra shouldn't have said that to me. I'm mad now. I forgot. I forgot about the time when I was a teenager. This true story. I fell down. We, we lived in Cowan back in the day. I fell down. We had two flights of stairs. I fell down that whole first flight of stairs one morning. And my leg and my arm was tangled up in the banister and the spokes that go down. And I remember laying there, and I could not feel my leg. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever told this to anybody before, maybe except my wife. I couldn't feel my leg. And I started crying and going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And my mom and dad ran up. And I was like, I can't, I can't feel my leg. There's nothing that will get your attention more than pain. Nothing is going to catch your attention more than pain. And I was like, I'm going to have to go to the hospital. My mom and dad are going to be mad. I used to do that all the time when I broke my glasses. Dad's going to be so mad at me. I broke them again. They're like $300. But I'm laying there on the steps. All this stuff is rushing through my mind. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I I can't get my leg out of this thing because I can't feel it. And my mom and dad knelt down with me. And they prayed. And it wasn't. Couldn't have been more than 10 seconds later. I pulled my leg. I pulled my leg out of that, out of them spokes, and I walked down the rest of the stairs, and it was like it never happened. You can't tell me that God still doesn't do it. You can't tell me that God's not done something miraculous. If you look back, He's done something miraculous in your life. If it wasn't a healed body part, it was a healed relationship. It was a financial situation that you couldn't do nothing about, but God can. But we forget that. I forget that time when God came down and touched me because I'm mad about something else. And I'm willing to let everything that I know. Please hear me this morning. I'm willing to let everything that I know about God, all of His goodness, all of the times that He's helped me, that He's moved in my situations, that He's done stuff that I don't deserve for Him to do. I forget those things because of the little nitpicky thing that's sitting right in front of me right now and I'm mad about it. Do you hear me today? I let that stuff go. All of God's goodness, all of His mercy, all of His grace. Because of a small thing, because of something somebody said, because something somebody should have done and didn't do. I want you to hear what Nathan said to David. It's in Second Samuel 1 through 7. It says, and the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him. And with his children, it did eat of his own meat, and drink of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against this man. And he said to Nathan, as God liveth, the man that hath done this thing is going to die. And he's going to restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing. And because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou
1: art that man.
0: We get, help me Jesus. We get so huffy and puffy when somebody does something to us. When somebody says a wrong word or doesn't do things we think they should be done. Is it okay that we're real this morning just a little bit? We get so mad about it. But if we look at it from the outside, we have David mentality, don't we? You know what? If I got the power to do anything about it, they're going to die. And their house is going to burn down. And the, the kids, I'm going to spit on the ashes. It's, it's funny, but it's true. We get so mad about stuff and we don't realize that in how many other situations we're that man oh god help us today we can be that man and not realize it we can be
1: petty we can be hurtful
0: if you're the rich man realize that realize your sin and treat those that are poor with respect Because you're not perfect. You're not. The Bible says that all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So when you're up on your soapbox or you're up on your high horse or whatever thing people get up on, realize that you're not
1: perfect either. We're not. None of us are.
0: If you're the poor man, don't hate the rich man. Hear me today. Because that's the mentality, God help me, that's the mentality that God put on my heart when he gave me these these scriptures. We feel like we're the poor man all the time. The world done me wrong. God, why don't you help me? God, why won't you move in this? God, if you called me to it, why ain't you helping me through it? It's all of that, isn't it? It's all of that. It's poor pity me, God help me. I'm going to shove God off because of this little truly, in the grand scheme of your life, insignificant thing, I'm going to shove God off and wallow right here. This mud puddle's mine. This one. This one right here. That one's ties. I'm going to lay down in it, and I'm going to cry, and I'm going to sob, and I'm going to be mad at everybody, and especially mad at God because he's the one that's got the power to change something, and he's not changing it. Justice is God's. You don't have to exact vengeance on somebody. You don't have to try to fix it. Let God do what God does. And you do what God tells you to do. We can all judge and condemn with great ease, can't we? When we step back, we should see exactly what David did. You are that man. I want you to hear me today. This isn't a repent because you're a bad person. It ain't that. Although we, we gloss over repentance. Help me, Lord, do I have time to, to let my mind wander there? We gloss so quickly over repentance. We get somebody new into church. If you're new here, Lord bless you. Welcome. Plan of salvation, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. It's important. And then you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. We gloss over repentance so quickly and we wonder why that people don't stay. We wonder why people don't have that connection with God that they should have. It's hard to do when you're new and you and it's a new great thing. I'm just in church, Pastor West. What can I do? I want to do something for God. We've all seen that, haven't we? I'm rare and I want to do something. I'll teach a Sunday school class. I'll shovel the parking lot. I'll do whatever I can do for God. Because we gloss over that turning around piece. And more than anything in my mind, I feel like God is telling me it's because we've glossed over it. Because we let things into our lives. We let stuff into our lives in our daily walk. We're still coming to church. We're still doing all the stuff we should be doing. But there's things that come in. And we know they're not right. But they're not bad enough. I didn't kill nobody. I didn't start smoking again. I didn't start drinking again. I'm not doing drugs. It's just those little, those little things, the little foxes, right? And they come in, and then we just keep walking with them. And we don't realize it and then turn. Oh, no, no, we, we keep them because they're a safety for us, aren't they? They're a place where it's the thing that I can have. I used to say that to my wife all the time. When I was smoking and when I was drinking, it's all that I have left. I used to say that all the time. Like, that's all that I had left. I was like, this is the only thing I have left for me because it was just for me. I could get drunk whenever, and that was my thing. That was for me. It sounds so stupid when I say it. But I said it because I was holding on to it for dear life. I wouldn't repent of it because it was holding me away from God. And we have those things and we say, we don't say it out loud, but we say, I can't let go of that yet. I can't let go of that thing in my life. But when we have somebody new come in, we realize and we don't want to push them to let go of the other, the, their thing. That's all I have left, Brother Ty. That's all I got left. I understand. I got me one of them too. You just, you just do that. You go ahead and bypass that repentance thing. You just go get baptized. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting baptized, but we have to repent first. And if we're repentant, then we're going to push repentance on other people as well. We're going to push why it's important and why you got to let it go, because if not, you're going to hold that stuff. You're going to hold it in every part of your life, in every part of your ministry. You're going to hold it, and it's going to hinder you. We have all hurt more than we know. We have sinned more than we're comfortable to admit. We can easily pick out the wrong in somebody else's life while we can so easily turn a blind eye from our own transgressions. We as David don't have a leg to stand on because we are so drastically flawed. Do you hear me this morning? But also, we have been forgiven of more than we can possibly comprehend. We've been given salvation, that victory that we didn't have to fight for, and that if we're honest about it, we don't deserve. You've been given it freely. So the thing that you're holding on to, let it go and grab a hold of some God because he gave you stuff. That's my thing now. God is my thing. He's the thing that I hold on to. He's the thing that I cling to when I don't feel like I got nothing else. You've been bought with the price. Did you forget? I have. I've forgotten many times in my life that I was bought with the price that I couldn't pay for myself because it was far too high. And knowing all that, I still release God when problems come my way. I still tell God to take a back seat because I'm mad. Help me, Jesus. We can so easily forget the sacrifice that was made to atone for our sins. When we're faced with a temptation, something we want to do, or a hurt, something we didn't want done to us. No, God, I got to separate myself because I got to deal with this. Who are we in our own? Who are we in our own without God? I know who I am without God, and I don't like him. I didn't like him when I was him. I hated every day. I fought every day. I couldn't get it figured out. I was mad, angry Ty all the time. And I had to hold on to my little pity thing. I had to hold on to it for dear life. Because if I didn't have that, who was I? What did I have left? We are not where we're at because of what we've done but because of the love of God. You are only where you're at today because of God. Do you hear me? Every person in this place, whether you're happy or sad or mad about something or angry, if you walk away from God because of the thing you're dealing with right now, it's going to be worse. Can I promise you? If you've never been in the pits of something, go, go find somebody that hasn't talked to them for a minute. Go talk to somebody. Sis, you know. You do. I know. There are people that have been lower than you can even imagine in your life. And we can be willing to push God away and start moving down that path without even thinking about it, without giving it a second thought, because what we're dealing with right now is so horrible. I'm blessed beyond measure. You're blessed beyond measure. You are today. We couldn't save ourselves no matter how hard we tried. It was a sacrifice that only God could fulfill. David pleaded with God to restore the joy of his salvation. I don't, on my heart, truthfully and honestly, there are many people that I feel have lost that joy. It's gratefulness. It's the remembrance of the price that was paid for you, of what God did for you. We come, we have church, we clap when it's cued to be clapped. We can even every once in a while get up and dance. We can lift our hands when the preacher tells us to. That's nothing more. I I I love everybody. If I have to stand up here, or Bishop or Pastor West has to stand up here and say, Let's raise our hands. You shouldn't be commanded by who's ever up behind this. You're here because you love God and because you know what God done for you. You should want to raise your hands on your own without some guy having to go, hey, let's praise God for a minute. How about we just praise God for a minute of our own volition? (sighs) Me and my wife went to Poland. Y'all know this. I'm gonna hurry. We went to a Catholic service because my wife had never been to one before. They sang their songs. They repeated after the guy. They did all the stuff that I knew they were going to do. I've seen it before. My wife left crying. I left crying. Because there was a lady that walked in. She was crying as she walked in. She sat down, and you could tell that she needed God. She needed God. She needed a connection with God. But she sat in that place. They did all of their ceremony. They did all of their stuff. And then people got up and left and nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. We can go through the motions. We can clap when we're told to clap. We can raise our hands when we're told to do it. We can even dance sometimes. But until we have that true joy, until we have that remembrance of what God has done for us, Until we remember the victory that's been placed in our lives that we don't deserve and we couldn't earn. Until we remember that and get it truly, deeply in our heart. That's what God's looking for. You've been given victory and you're laying it aside for defeat. I'm gonna hurry. We can't allow our joy to be stolen because of a mistake, because of the decision of a man, because of who's in office. It can't be taken away from us by anything, but we can allow it to be taken if we let it. Stop letting things take your joy. You can't give up on the blessings of God because of some outside force in your life. If you do that, you're giving that person place thing whatever it is, you're giving it preeminence over God. Do you hear me today? That's exactly what you're doing. You're you're saying, "God, you're below whatever this thing is. I place this person, I place this situation, I pl- place these finances whatever it may be. God, this is greater than you are because I don't believe that you can deal with it." We worry about God's will for our lives, about our calling, our finances, our pride. If we're gonna worry about something, how about we worry about pleasing God? Because if we please God, then all of those things shall be added unto you. I believe it. I believe it this morning. If I do what God tells me to do, all of those things are added to me. If it's God's will, you're gonna get there. Stop being depressed. He's an on-time God. If you're living right, you won't be forsaken in your finances. You're not going to have a Lamborghini, but you're also going to eat. If it's your pride, look as David did and realize that sometimes you're that man too. You're blessed beyond what you should have. I don't care how much you got, how little you got. You're blessed beyond what you should have if you're seeking after and following God. You have more than you would have on your own because God is blessing you. I promise you, even when you can't see it and everything looks bad and you're trying to divert your mind from all the stuff that's happening around you, God's there and he knows. And he has a plan even when you can't see it, baby. He's got one. He knows what he's doing. The song says this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. So don't let it. Don't let it take it from you today. Please hear me today. Don't let the joy that God's given you, the victory that he's given you, the healings and the blessings and the promises that God has put into your life, don't let some stupid thing in the world take that from you. Don't stop coming to church because somebody was mean to you, or they didn't speak to you. Claim ignorance for them. I've done it a lot in my life because I know people have done it for me. Claim ignorance for that person. Perhaps they haven't realized yet that they're that man too. Maybe they haven't realized it yet. David pins several other psalms. Stand with me. We gotta go. Psalms 30 and 5 says, For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. If you're in a period of night today, joy is coming, I promise. Hold on to God, and he's going to restore it for you. Psalm 16 and 11 says, Thou will shew me the path of life in thy presence. Oh, hear me this morning. In thy presence. God, in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 126 and 5 says, They that sow in tears shall reap, shall reap in joy. Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in his house all of the days of my life, to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he's going to hide me. In the secret of his tabernacle, he's going to hide me. He's going to set you upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. He's going to put you above it. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear me this morning. It's all in him. And it's all about him. Everything else is going to fall away. Every enemy, every fear, every worry. That scripture says a sacrifice of joy. Even if it doesn't come plain to you, even if it doesn't come easy to you, even if you have to sacrifice, if you've got to pull it out of that bottom part of your gut, and you've got to say, oh God, I see all this junk, but I still remember you. I still remember what you did for me. I still remember the promise you called me to. Sacrifice of joy. If you've got to sacrifice it this morning, sacrifice it. We need to have the joy of the Lord. we got to remember that victory that God's given us. Because if we don't, it's a ceremony. I'm done today. I'm not expecting nobody to run or nothing else. But I want you to hear me. You should have the joy of the Lord in your life. You've been given victory, and if you lay it down for anyone or anything, that's on you. God never laid it down for you. He didn't die for you to throw the things that he's given you away. He didn't. He gave them to you freely so that you could have victory in your life, so that you could enjoy the callings and the promises and the things that he's done. Stop hating life and get with it. Get where God told you to be and enjoy it. Somebody better praise God like I ain't never seen before in this next service. Get the joy, amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the things, God, that you're doing in our church. Blessed God, touch this next service. Touch every person. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church said, amen and amen. Take a break real quick. We'll be right back.